0: You are listening to audio from Liberty Church in the Harrisburg-Camp Hill area of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org. Good afternoon, Liberty Harrisburg. My name is Jenna Wright. I'm your host, and I am recording a special 2023 end-of-year recap for our global missions team. And the purpose of this episode for you today is to let you know who our Global Missions team is, why we exist, and then we're going to share with you three stories uh, from folks that we were able to partner with uh, with our missions funds here at Liberty Church to send them on short-term trips around the globe. First things first, who is the Global Missions team? Well, I'm so glad that you asked that question, friends. The Global Missions team is made up of several folks from our congregation that are passionate about the Great Commission. This team is led by Mike Schuff, one of our elders here, uh, Barb Schuff, his wife, my husband, Anthony, myself, Katie Pinet, Maddie Anthony, and Jordan Bayshore. And for those of you out there that might have some questions about global missions team or you're thinking about getting involved in uh, missions in the life of liberty church we would love to sit down and have a conversation with you or have you join for one of our meetings if you would like to do that or you're interested in thinking about missions please go ahead and reach out to Mike chef and we would love to get that set up for you secondly most of you know that this calendar year we were able to send out our sister dana sherwood to Uganda to serve two years with Surge. But beyond that, we were able to send out five other folks from our congregation on short-term trips around the world. The people that we were able to send on short-term trips this year were Michael Dalleslager and Megan Robb to Zambia, Ryan Fry to the Czech Republic, Robbie Devich to Kenya, and Katie Panay to Eswatini. And in this episode, we're going to actually dive into three of their stories to hear how God worked in and through them in their lives during their time on their short-term mission trips. And maybe, just maybe, there would be uh, a lesson or a challenge to all of you as you think and consider what God is doing in your own heart and lives and how potentially your skills and gifts could intersect with how He is working in and through churches around the globe. Without further ado, friends, we're going to jump into some of those stories today. First things first, I get to welcome my friend, Robbie Devich, to this episode. I hope that you enjoy. Robbie, welcome to the illustrious Liberty Harrisburg recording studio. Uh, It's beautiful. We have no windows at all. Uh, Welcome today. How are you doing today, Robbie?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. It's a beautiful place.
0: Yeah, it's super, super aesthetically pleasing uh, in the admin office here at Liberty Church. Uh, Robbie, really quickly, why don't you uh, tell the people, the listeners, a little bit about yourself and the season that you're in, and we'll jump into the questions from your trip to Kenya.
1: Sure. Uh, So my name is Robbie Devich. I'm a fourth-year medical student at Penn State um, I'm originally from Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, Ben and Hershey now. This is my fourth year here. Yeah. Um, and in covenant member at Liberty. Um, and yeah, right now in this season, I'm applying for residency. I'm uh, planning on general surgery. Um, so kind of applying, uh, just everything's online. So doing Zoom interviews every day and. Yeah, that's kind of what my life looks like the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, for those of you that have been living under a rock, we have a, a little remnant of Hershey med students, and most of them are coming to the end of their time in yeah. med school, like you just described. So I'm over here, you know. <laughs> Sad tears drawing on my face at the thought of all of you guys dispersing to your, your different residency programs. So you're coming to us at a bittersweet time, uh, in your, your life and walk and development in the Lord, but also transitioning into more professional development type things to become a physician. It's exciting, Uh,
1: but also kind of sad to lose this community.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you guys have been just such a tremendous blessing in mine and Anthony's lives, but in the lives of our church, which is really cool. And I think that brings us to a cool spot to say, why don't we talk about missions for a minute? Uh, because I know it's something that's on all of your hearts in maybe different ways, uh, especially this remnant of med students that I've gotten to know over the years. And so, why don't you tell us where did you serve uh, this year uh, on a medical mission trip, and how long were you there?
1: Sure, yeah. So this year I had the opportunity to go to um, Temrick Hospital in Bomet, Kenya. It's about uh, if you know uh, ge- the geography of Kenya at all. It's about a five to six hour drive from Nairobi, kind of like a major city there. Yeah. Um. So it's out. It's out in the tea fields of Kenya. Um. Mm. That's like the main industry in the area. Mm. Um. So I was there for four weeks. I rotate with the general surgery team. Um. Yeah. I am planning to go to general surgery, so that made a lot of sense. And mm. uh, Tema Hospital is a Christian mission ho- mission hospital. There. Um. Serves a pretty large, uh, catchment area. Um. Mm couple million people and uh the number of surgeons to uh patients is kind of out of this world like there's there's almost no surgeons maybe like less than 10 per Mm. this like massive number of patients so um i really wanted to go see what it was like there um see like what need was there and also like the potential in the future for how i could potentially get involved
0: yeah and that that's incredible. So maybe for the listeners uh, that have never gone to a missions hospital, could you just give us a little snapshot of what did you do uh, while you were in Kenya at this hospital? So obviously, it sounds like you were probably shadowing some surgeries and doing some stuff, but what did that actually look like during yeah. your time there?
1: So if I can kind of paint a picture of what the hospital looked like, it's, it's very different from an American hospital. I think on the website, it says it might be like a 400-bed a hospital. Um and you probably picture like a big Hershey Medical Center type <laughs> building, but uh it is much smaller. Um probably much smaller than the size of Liberty Church here. Mm. Um and the way their beds are set up are like small cots that are yep. basically uh maybe three feet apart from each other mm-hmm. uh in these large ward um areas, basically the size of uh, much smaller than sanctuary maybe the size of like the fellowship hall yeah. it'd be like maybe close to 50 patients in mm-hmm. that area so um that's kind and of what it is sometimes their like. families yes yeah their families are are there living uh like with them as they're in the hospital um so it's it's pretty amazing setup there's um a lot of great physicians great doctors there um and there are actually fairly few nurses. A lot of the care is provided by family members, um, or even um like your bedmates next to you. If they're able to do yeah. certain tasks, they help with feeding, um, mm-hmm. everything like that. Changing changing wound dressings. Um well, it's really amazing. Like the the community, that even a communal among, aspect of it. Yeah, right. absolutely. It it blew me away. So my role in all of this um was really uh, a lot of like learning observation, but um there are certain things like changing wounds, rounding on patients, um, even with a language, um, barrier, there were still opportunities for me to, um, change wounds. And I picked up enough Swahili to maybe ask, <laughs> like, <laughs> ask how, are you, doing yeah, how yeah. are you doing today? you What can I help you with? Um, and then there are also great nurses there that were able to translate for me too. But, um, I got to work with the surgeons as well. Um, going to the OR a lot and I took a couple of call shifts, um, Mm-hmm. Like overnight, and yeah. you see some of the, like the traumatic things that come in, or mm-hmm. or emergent issues, and going to the OR there, and yeah, so it was. Uh, yeah. most of the week that's where i was <laughs>
0: yeah and if you have a strong stomach out there yeah. i would say uh and you would like to see some of the surgery surgeries that robbie uh, mm-hmm. participated in oh, yeah. <laughs> uh he's got some video footage so i, I yeah, would plug that absolutely uh, why don't you go talk to robbie about Please this do. trip uh and if you've got a strong strong stomach he can show you some, yeah. some cool videos from his, his time uh, there
1: a lot of cool videos. Um, I will, yeah. There's definitely a, a viewer discretion advised for a lot of things. So, <laughs> that's
0: yeah. that's true. You got to be very hands on though in your yeah, time there, absolutely. which is really cool. Which I don't know if you were expecting yeah. uh, when you recounted the trip to us mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago. Um, but with that though, I, my one question for you is. What is one thing that surprised or challenged you in this experience you you've mentioned some communal things, some uh the participation of even like the patient next to them like wh- what's something that surprised you that God did or challenged you in your time there in absolutely
1: Kenya? there there's so much I could talk about, and I'd love to talk to anybody who has more questions um if they want to talk to me in person, but I think one of the biggest things is like actually in the United States, like we have um, some trouble bringing the gospel into conversation especially mm-hmm. in the hospital setting yeah um and that's something that is done every day um mm-hmm. even at the start of rounds we do a devotional <laughs> among the surgeons and yeah we pray for patients on rounds and it's really um like a part of the ho- the hospital care like if somebody's seeking care awesome. it's, it's part of it so that surprised me to see um really like how much better Kenya is uh, than than we're able to do in medicine. I, I think we miss out on that spiritual aspect a lot. Um, but beyond that, um, it is challenging to be, um, to feel alone in a setting like that at times. Mm. Um, I, I definitely feel for the longer term missionaries that are there. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, I, I mean, I am... Uh, a white male and I tend to stick out very well. Yeah. <laughs> very obviously, um, in like the city settings and it can be a lot of times, um, like a lot of people will come up to you, um, mm. and it's like, I'm, I'm thankful to, to be there and to be able to provide care and like help in any way. But, mm. um, there are also some, um, just like, issues with with safety as well and, and concerns there and yeah um it, it can be a little bit scary but like overall yeah. the, the kind of people that i come in contact with are are wonderful they're so nice and joyful and are honestly more so just excited to see this person that looks different yeah. rather than yeah for like, sure. being any like safety issues but uh with that also like just just being alone and having not having a ton of people who share the same like background as you can feel like isolating uh, at times so yeah um it was really helpful for me to to really build community with um nathan the other student that i went with and then also some of the the longer term american uh, missionaries who i can debrief with and Mm -hmm. and really kind of go over like um the impact of of what i'm seeing because you definitely see a lot of challenging things
0: yeah yeah man and i think that that thing that you pulled out there of like the the Forefront of the gospel being part of everything that they do, even as physicians, as medical professionals, I think that that challenge is something that has challenged me in my time overseas uh, in short-term experiences too. Of how do I make the gospel primary to the integral parts of my life, my profession? my when I go to the coffee shop, when I'm doing my work, whatever. Uh, And I think that's a really good challenge for our church and our people. And it's cool to hear that, like, that's something that even you as you're about to literally become a physician, uh, man, like, I want to carry that into what I do. Uh, and that's really cool. And that's really hard to do in the American machine uh, in the healthcare industry here. But man, what an encouraging and fun calling to do and to carry out. So I'm really encouraged by that. And I think that's going to encourage our church too. And I hope it does encourage our church. Um, my, okay. So, question you mentioned this briefly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have plans on going back? to this location in the future or other short-term trips or maybe even long-term missions in the future what what are you thinking about right now
1: yeah actually just within the last week i was confirmed uh to go back to kenya in the spring that's awesome spring, spring winter so yeah february 10th and march 10th around those dates i'll be going back to kenya again and um. Really, I'm excited to dive in a little bit more. Um. I talked about the the transition of the challenge being like a different healthcare system. It, it yeah. takes like a couple of weeks to really get to get your feet into, under you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so to get your feet under you. So, yeah. um, having that experience already and being able to go back and serve again, I'm excited to really hit the ground running and and keep doing.
0: Mm, that's incredible. Yeah. So, Robbie, final question. Sure. What advice do you have for somebody that might be thinking about going on a short-term trip? They're, they might not be a medical professional, but maybe they are. What what would you say to them uh, about considering going on a short-term trip in the future?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I think a lot of people often feel like they don't have skills um, to provide. And I'm a medical student. I am, I'm not trained. I'm not certified or anything yet, but I'm definitely uh, willing and able to help however I can. And um, I think one of the biggest things that I realized there is that Really, anyone can have an impact um, hmm. we're all given different skills and and abilities different um uh, like trainings even like with art or or a different um yeah really anything different types of skills and um all of those can really be used as like a as an opportunity to really get into somebody's life and then be able to share the gospel um so like even people who are like we're good with computers like ho- the hospital there needs people that are able to yep. um program computers or people that are good with finances um a, hospital a lot of admin man. yes mm-hmm. Hospital mm-hmm. Admin. a lot of mission organizations struggle to find like um great like accounting and, and other things like that so if you think you don't have a skill, uh, I I uh, I promise you that you do. Yeah. And I would um, encourage you to just reach out and see what might be available. Um and really take the step. I think um that's the biggest thing. I think the Lord uses that a lot. If you just are willing to to take a step um in faith and um he really bless that and um, I will be honest. I don't like. I don't know how many patients I I sp- specifically blessed while I was there, but I personally was really blessed by working with a lot of them, and um, it really challenged me. Even as I come back home and I uh, keep working in the hospital to try to have as as much uh, impact, especially with the gospel that I can have.
0: Yeah, that's encouraging, man. And. Thank you for taking time out of this crazy season of your life to be willing to share your story with our church as we recap maybe 2023 and think about what God has done. One of the cool things we get to do as a church is to help people like you go on these trips. So thank you, brother, for being willing to share and to come to our crazy studio (laughs) over here. Uh, Thank you
1: for supporting me and also even just uh, pouring into my life. I know I've been truly blessed by Liberty and Liberty Communities.
0: So. Mm. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Katie, welcome to our cold admin office recording studio. Glad to have you here. It's a delight to be here. Uh, could you really briefly just like tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, and then, you know, maybe a brief synopsis of the season of life that you're in. And then we'll jump into some questions today.
2: Sure. So I grew up. Um, all over the Harrisburg region, originally a little bit north of here, um, went to school K-12 in Linglestown, went all the way to Messiah College Um, teen years ago. All the way. Yeah. All the way south to Messiah. Um, and then after that landed at Hershey Medical Center, which is where I had my nursing career for the last, oh, 17, almost 18 years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've done a little bit of a stint um in the Philly region while I was working on my master's, but basically been at
0: Hershey Med um, since I graduated college way back. So you hear, heard it here, folks. Uh, she's a central PA girl uh, and has roamed a little bit further away, but uh, is is back here and has been a really faithful member of Liberty Church here in Harrisburg for quite a while at this point.
2: Yeah, been a part of Liberty since Advent season of 2014. Wow, so
0: nine is I'm not going to pretend like I'm good at math in this conversation. <laughs> uh, so maybe to transition towards the short-term trip that you went on this year. So where did you go, and uh, how long did you serve on that trip, Katie?
2: Yeah, so the I went to Eswatini, which is small country adjacent to the large country of South Africa. It's um, about the size of New Jersey. This was my fourth time to that country um, doing the short-term missions work in that country. Um, typically, the trips are 14 days. This year was a very odd year um, because of getting time off of work. I was only going to go for 10 days. And then because of flight canceling, they need to eat that short to even more like Six or seven wow. after we do... It's a long, account. long trip for just seven days. Exactly. And it's a good day and a half of travel back and forth on either end. So we leave really not in the country very long yeah. that year. Yeah. Which was disappointing, but... Definitely saw the hand of God in in the short time that I was there.
0: Yeah. And fun fact, Eswatini was the trip that I went on the first time for my first mission short trip trip as a college student, actually, back in, oh, I don't even remember what year that was. I think it was 2011. Oh, uh, I right. was 19. That's so
2: cool that somebody else knows actually where this little tiny country is. I
0: do, indeed. And so what did you do
2: on your trip while you were there? So this year again was a little bit different than some of the trips that I've taken to Eswatini in the past. Um, the focus was um making inroads into the deaf community hmm. in Eswatini. Yeah. So took a good half of a day to learn Eswatini Sign Language. Um Wow. And Jack of then all trades the here. The next day we spent a whole day at a deaf school. Cool. Um, which is like a resi- partial residential school for Hard of hearing and deaf kids in Eswatini. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, do you, so you mentioned that you've gone before, but do you have any plans at all uh, in going back to Eswatini in the future? I do hope to go back. Um, would love
2: to go this summer. Not sure if my work schedule is going to allow that, but um, praying hard over that. Yeah. Um, about possibly going this summer. Mm. Um, and we'll see.
0: Yeah. And this is uh, Eswatini is kind of a collaboration between the communion of churches that were a part of the Liberty Communion, where, uh, under kind of the leadership of Angelo, that Angelo Giuliani. Yeah. And so you got connected with this, that kind of trip when you were doing
2: grad school. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I got connected with Angelo Giuliani and Bridge Community Church, which mm. is now part of the Liberty Communion. Yep. Was not back then Um. while I was doing grad school in the Glenside area. Yeah. Um. Which is just really cool to see these, these two separate parts of my life mesh at this point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been a longstanding relationship that I've had with Angelo and Eswatini, et cetera.
0: And what is one thing that surprised you or that God challenged you in uh, during this trip to Eswatini? Since you've shown your cards that you've gone a few times, you've been some other places around the world, what what was specific about this trip that challenged you uh, or surprised you? Yeah,
2: I think the biggest challenge really was just the timing of the trip, mm. like we were set to fly out on a Thursday night and didn't actually fly out till Monday night, mm. so like going okay lord what what are you doing? You know, I got the time off work, I you know did all the prep work, et cetera, and now I'm still here in Harrisburg, not mm. halfway around the world, like I thought I was gonna be, yeah, um, what are you doing um and really, just to remind myself. Of like God's timing is not our timing hmm. and a day is as a thousand years. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and so if it was only a couple of days in the country instead of a week in the country,
0: hmm. it,
2: it was God's work and his timing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And so final question. Yeah. Uh, let's flip it to our listeners for a second and say, you know, so what advice would you have for someone, Katie, that might be on the fence or that might be considering what it would look like for them to potentially go on a short-term mission trip? Why Why should they care or wh- why does it matter for them? Yeah, I love that question.
2: Um, I would say go at least once. Um, Doing short-term missions and or long-term missions isn't necessarily God's call on everyone's life, right? However, it is God's call on, I think, every Christian's life to be aware of the global family of God that we have mm. um, and and even, you know, the, the family of God that we have even throughout the large United States. Like yeah. My very first short-term mission trip was uh, just to another state in the U.S. Um, yeah, so with your family as just a kid to go um so that you've got an appreciation for and an understanding of what god's doing all over the world
0: yeah we've talked about that a lot recently with ending up our our moses series that's Really thinking through how God's people is meant to be a light for all nations that uh, this deliverer that was going to come that would be from them and among them would be a light to all the nations. And that's the very thing that we find ourselves celebrating right now. Yeah. And what a better way. To do that than to link arms with Christians around the globe and to join them in the, the the journey of equipping and sending and going and all these things that we're meant to do and learn from one another, rubbing arms with each other along then- the way. Um, And I've been deeply impacted by that. And I think as you, the listener, uh, could be impacted by that, too. And so uh, I said this with, with Robbie, but I'll say this with Katie. If you have questions about her trip, feel free to seek out Katie. Um, she'd love to chat with you about this trip and Absolutely. other trips that she's been on. Um, and I also mentioned that if you are someone that's interested in missions, uh, come talk to one of us. We're both on our global missions team here, and we'd love to have that conversation with you. Um, Katie, that's all we have. Hey, thanks for your time today. Being here, thanks so much for having me,
2: and yeah, let's let's talk again. Awesome,
0: enjoy, guys. All right, Liberty Church, I'm joined here for our third and final interview of this GMT 2023 year in recap episode uh, by my friend, Michael Dalleslager. Michael, welcome to our beautiful recording studios. I I believe this is your first time, is that right, in in the studio?
3: Yes, this is my first time in the studio, so it's nice to be in here. It looks a little different than I thought it would, but it's beautiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Michael's a little nervous, so show him a little bit of grace there, folks, uh, but he He's going to do great today. So so, Michael, really quickly, this is a stories episode. Uh, So I think it's helpful for Liberty Church to know who you are. Many people do. But who is Michael Dollasager, and what does the season of life look like that you're in at the moment?
3: Yeah. um, So, I've been a member here at Liberty for about five years now. Um, Love being part of this community here um, and serving alongside the people here. I'm married to Elise and I have two kids, Andrew and Anna. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I am. Uh, So, yeah, kids are uh, five and seven and they're great. Um, And so, what brought us to the area about eight, eight, nine years ago was uh, Messiah University. So, I teach over there. I teach economics. At that school. No big deal. No big deal. Um, so I do that there and I work with what's called the Economic Empowerment Group, which is the group that I went on this mission trip with. And that's why I'm here.
0: Yeah. And I even got the joy of listening to this group present about your trip not that long ago. So that was a, a really cool opportunity for me to even see your work side of things because I mostly only see the church side of Michael Dahlslaugger. So that was a yeah. fun window into uh, economics prof. uh what is it? What Dr. D is Doctor, it, that's, that what, that's what the students campus. call me there.
3: Doloslager's is a, a long word to say. So.
0: It is a long word to say, and I just learned to spell it like last week. Just just kidding. <laughs> uh all that aside, yeah. uh, you were able to go on a trip in partnership with Messiah, this this kind of like economics club that you do that you lead on campus so where did you go and yeah. how long did you serve
3: okay so in may we took a just 10-day trip down to zambia yeah. um and so we partnered with an organization called forgotten voices international they're based out of dillsburg so just down the road um, but they work in zambia zimbabwe and malawi and so with them um they're They've been partnering with Economic Powerment Group for the last probably four years, um, and we've done different projects with them. Um, this is an opportunity where we got to go down and work with them Um on their economic empowerment, they use the same terminology, um, some of their initiatives down there. So their main focus of this organization is in line with a lot of the passion, I think, of things that we're excited to hear about Liberty. Yeah. Uh, they work with vulnerable and orphan children. Um, so one of the big reasons why children become orphans in places like Africa yeah. is because families can't afford to have them remain in their home. Um and some of that, and most of that, has to do with economics. Um, but there's a lot of things that tie into that, like different trauma that households have experienced, mm-hmm. um, different social challenges that they have. Um, so, for, so, um, Forgotten Voices International they try to work with local churches to help address these various needs um, that these. Vulnerable children have, or their caregivers really have, probably yeah. more likely. Um, so we've mm-hmm. been able to be part of that, and so we did some kickoffs at four different churches, okay, uh, in Lusaka and in Livingston. Um, so two of the larger cities in Zambia, mm-hmm. where we kicked off um some savings groups. So these community savings groups or village banking. Um, it's very popular form of economic development that Christian organizations are helping with right now. And um, we because because what it does is it asks the people of these churches, okay, what are the strengths that you have? What are the Mm. uh, things that you can contribute? And like, how do we come alongside you and help you do that better? Um, And accessing capital or small startup funds is a big Challenge And mm-hmm. so these groups get together and there's ways to save your money well and help each other start up businesses. And that was the hope of what we were doing um, going down there is to help people help themselves um, so that they can care for these vulnerable kids and not have them become orphans. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and to that point uh, that you kind of even made about identifying the strengths that churches have in another context. But that is even something, uh, Michael's also on our global missions team. I mentioned Mm -hmm. that earlier. We've even talked about that on our global missions team uh, from the context of even Liberty Church. What what are the strengths and weaknesses and even the skills? Uh, Michael is an economics guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robbie that we heard from before is about to become a a physician. Uh, Katie is a nurse. Uh, we all have these different skills and passions and things that can be leveraged to yeah. love and come alongside of the church around the globe right. uh, to help make kingdom impact, which I know yeah. you're really passionate about, and yeah. that's something that we're dreaming about even as a global yeah. missions team. So I hope that's helpful for you guys to know that we're we're even praying through that as a team of what that looks like for our church here at, at Liberty and Liberty Harrisburg. Yeah, for sure. So I'm hearing a lot that you uh, seem pretty involved with Forgotten Voices yeah. uh, on your end of things. So do you have plans on either, A, going back to Zambia where you, you served this, this time around, or B, going to some of the other locations that they have? Like what is your involvement maybe going to yeah. look like from here on out, Michael?
3: Um, Probably – two different ways I'll, um, I'll remain involved. So first through the economic empowerment group at Messiah um, we've done various work with them already doing um, some impact evaluation for them, some uh, pre-surveyed doing that exact thing of looking for what are the strengths that these churches have trying to figure that out or the caregivers have to serve people and how well they're doing that. Um, so we'll continue doing that work. Um, yep. We might send another team down there and I'll probably end up going if we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that I've been added to the member of, I'm becoming a member of the the board of directors with them to help um, think about how they're doing all the work that they do moving forward. Yeah. And so that's been really fun to be part of that side of the mission organization, trying to think, okay, how can we really care for these vulnerable kids best?
0: When you started in Messiah, yeah. did you ever imagine that Michael Dollislager would end up on the board of a missions organization?
3: No, uh, I mean, but it wasn't, yeah, I guess it's not really... Wasn't really even a goal. It was like, here's an opportunity that, you know, I was asked to help serve in a way that I I could. Um, And so, given opportunities to serve, it was nice to yeah take the ones that, you know, God is leading to me.
0: Yeah, and it's fun how God can take the our continued service and faithfulness to steward the things he's given us. And he'll surprise us with the ways that he actually opens up for us to continue serving in those areas. Uh, And that's really fun. Uh, And I think that leads us into our fourth question is, what was one thing that either surprised you or even maybe a way that God challenged you during your most recent trip to Zambia?
3: Um uh, there's a couple things that were kind of surprising. One one of the quicker ones was um even though this was not the poorest places that I've been, uh, a couple of the places were on the um I guess you you saw the poverty uh yeah. more. Um so yeah. seeing the kids, you know, maybe playing in like the the sewage runoff or that type of thing um mm-hmm. was was jarring in a way. So that was surprising. I didn't expect that I'd been to these parts of Zambia before and yeah. I've been to even the more rural areas which are more impoverished from a income standpoint but had not seen that type of poverty so that was jarring um, but what was most surprising I guess um, was the the knowledge of the the people who we were uh, working with these trainings, not the surprising that they knew stuff, but surprising that they were well aware on like these community savings groups. And then mm-hmm. we would see different things that were the pitfalls of so these things that are intended to do good things, how they could actually cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And so what we were trying to do then to address these, the, the surprise, I mean, the surprise that we had for the knowledge that they had was to really lean into what makes a difference of working through these organizations from a church perspective. Mm-hmm. Like how does being part of a church and incorporating scripture, incorporating faith into this business development, how does it lead to different results? Yeah. How could it it's be- healthy
0: guardrails even.
3: Exactly. And mm-hmm. the, the guardrails were huge and that led to like, okay, how does being part of a church help? But then also- how does being part of a church lead to some of these pitfalls? Because um, like with the village um, savings um, group, these, these loans that given out are given out, there's a tendency with a church to be like, oh, who needs this the most? How do we help them by giving them a loan? But if you do that, lean into the need aspect of it, you might end up causing more harm than good by giving a loan to someone who can't pay it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we set up different things with the curriculum to be able to both give charitably but also stay within the 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 lane i guess of doing lending appropriate way to not really create slaves um is really
0: so how is what you're talking about a little bit different than maybe how we use mercy funds from the budget of liberty church so could you maybe just like pull back a little bit and explain that a little bit to someone that might not be an economics person and be familiar with you know because you're talking about lending money as yes. opposed to just giving money, so what's the distinction there, maybe for yeah. the rest of the church?
3: Yeah. So um, we're we're not trying to create dependence, mm-hmm. and I know that the um, the the funds that we have, the the mercy funds, are not trying to create dependence either here. Yeah. Um, but these mission organizations, as people um, in low income communities around the world, see these. External international organizations show up. There is a tendency based on historic patterns for them to kind of see us with money signs in their eyes. Yep. You know, like how do, how do we support them or give to them? And that is definitely not the goal of forgotten voices is to try to be like, Hey, how do you help your- yourselves? How do we? You know, work with you, like walk alongside you, so that you can help your community next to you, the people around you, mm-hmm. um, to get yourself out of poverty because we can't. Yeah. And you know, poverty is around us. But how do you help each other? How do you serve each other well? How do you love the people who are in your community well? Um. So these loans, um, are set up that there's a there's a definite intention of paying the money back. And some of the people who are part of these groups, mm-hmm. they're not looking to even try to get a loan themselves. They're trying to actually build wealth through savings, just like people do with different different investment things that they do here to give a loan to help start up a business or to buy a stock or a bond, you know, but this is kind of what these people have available to them is to help each other. There's
0: not the same investment structures available. For sure.
3: sure. And we're talking much smaller loans. We're talking like someone get borrowing 20 bucks to be able to buy a few ingredients to make something and sell it. Mm -hmm. So then they can, you know, go out and rebuy new ingredients so they can do the same thing again, but be able to earn an income off that. But you need that even base level startup. Um, but you're talking people who are impoverished in the community together. And so yeah. it's not just like someone has this extra money just to pass it out. And it, it doesn't seem, I don't know, that doesn't seem uh, life-giving or it doesn't yeah. seem like the right way to do it. Out yeah. Um, so
0: if I were to summarize what I've heard from you so okay. far, Michael, I think I would say part of your trip was – Using coming alongside of forgotten voices to mm-hmm. go alongside of local churches and equip them with some tools to help the church be the church in their context. Is, yes. that, is that a thoughtful sure. summary yep. of, of what you're kind of talking about yep. there? Yep. Cool. And I mean, what a better well, thing to do.
3: Yeah. I mean, my short term actions, um, the the point of them is like with our group that went was to Encourage and help the local people who are there. Like Mm -hmm. Forgotten Voices has people who partner with these churches who are local employees who are showing up regularly, helping them continue these efforts. Uh, We were kicking it off. We were adding some – Gravity to this, trying to, you know, bringing
0: some substance to something that was already existing and moving. Exactly.
3: And so, working with and through the local church seems to be a more sustainable, practical model um, than just helicoptering in and for sure jumping out.
0: For sure. So, final question for you, Michael. Uh, what advice would you have for someone that might be on the fence about yeah. potentially going on a short-term trip and exploring how God is at work through churches and national believers around around the globe?
3: Yeah. Um, if they're looking to explore and see what's going on, um, my encouragement is that it's it, it, it's a great opportunity to see the things that God is already doing. Mm. Um, and it's exciting to to be used by God in different ways. And so going on these trips is an opportunity for God to use you, maybe stretch you, grow you yeah. in different ways. And that's really exciting. And um, that, that very often happens on mm. these small, you know, short-term trips. Yeah. Um, and so, but – the other side of that is is like the caution that I give to all the people who go on it is to prayerfully consider where you can really tangibly be used on this trip. Um, you are yeah. not going to show up and be a savior. It is yep. not you bringing, I don't know. I guess, well, salvation, I guess, you know, I already said that um, to this community, but how can you truly make an impact? How do you truly love and serve people there? Um, Often that involves really just caring for the people who are working there long-term, loving them well, um, encouraging, um, but just be honest with yourself um, and really think and pray a lot about, you know, okay, well, what, what will, you know, what are ways that God could use me here that would bring life to the people there? And yeah, that's not Just, you know, throwing candy from the back of a truck or something silly like that. It's, you know, how do you really make an impact? And so...
0: Which... That's a, a wise caution to yeah. think about uh, when we – in even Katie, we talked about she had been to Eswatini before as part of this communion trip that went this, this past year. She mm-hmm. got connected to it through being involved in another Liberty Church in grad school. So there is health in the idea of establishing a partnership with yeah. either an organization or a local church and having a familiarity of being able to go back and have a, a give-and-take-type relationship when we think about doing short-term trips as well. There's some wisdom there and and caution that is helpful in knowing and understanding that that we are not the saviors of the world, but Christ is. And we do get to be his agents in this world. We get to carry his mission to the ends of the earth. But ultimately that work is not up to him and he's using us and people from all around the globe to draw people to himself into his church. And what a gift that is uh, to celebrate. So, yeah, Michael, I mean, I think you did an excellent job, man. Uh, how you feeling over there on I'm that side all of the right. table? Feeling all right. Feeling pretty good?
3: Yep, yep. Ready to get some more coffee.
0: Yeah, I'm always ready for coffee. You know that. Uh, so, Michael, thank you for joining me today uh, and sharing your story with our church. I, I know it's going to be a tremendous blessing for all of the life of our body this Christmas season.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Well... There you have it, folks. You've now heard from three members of our very own congregation that have gone out on short-term mission trips this year. And it was our joy as a global missions team to make a way to share these stories with you. We pray that this episode serves as an encouragement for you in this Advent season and that you would consider more intently what it would look like for you to make disciples as you go. I pray that you all have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to audio from Liberty Church. To learn more about our church or to listen to previous recordings, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org.